1: What I want to talk about literally today, I'm going to just do a really a, a teaching on the prophetic advantage of the church. I believe the church has a prophetic advantage, and I believe actually that we're living in days where really it's the greatest days of the history of the church. Did you not know that? I'm telling you, God is moving in all, all over the earth. Um, last year, just in our ministry, just in the times that we went, we spent, uh, basically we went to about, I think it was 47 churches last year. And uh, we saw 267 people get saved. That's just in my, my ministry. In, um, in a church in Taiwan, they had 195 water baptisms. Now, why do I say water baptisms? Because in Taiwan, when you get water baptized, you get disowned by your family. So that's pretty cool, right? Like these guys, I was actually at a water baptism service where this young man rented the pool in his building and uh, his parents were there and he confessed his allegiance to Jesus knowing that his father standing in the congregation that, that or the, in the crowd that day was going to cut him off of his inheritance. Which was just pretty amazing. Uh, I go to a church in Singapore where last year they had 4,000 salvations. I'm telling you, God's moving in the earth. Amen. I think last year my home church had 157 or 152 salvations last year. Your pastor's saying you're having salvation. Come on, let's believe for salvations. Amen. But, but. You know, I, when I say prophetic advantage, I'm not talking about the book of Revelation advantage, okay, that we all study, you know, types and symbols and figure out who's the Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about believers who are spirit-filled, uh, motivated, motivated by the love of Christ going into the earth and ministering prophetically to unbelievers all over the, all over the city and the nation. God can do that. And so, spiritual churches and people must resist, really, the pressure to uh, replace revelation for relevancy, power for performance, and presence for the professional. Come on, we need to have revelation, amen? You know, there's something about revelation that when revelation becomes personal, it becomes very powerful in your life. Let me say that again. Revelation that becomes personal becomes or powerful. Revelation that becomes personal becomes powerful in your life. And watch this: when Peter, Jesus, in I think it was Matthew 16, uh, was asking the disciples, he said, "Who do men say that I am?" And so they said, "Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're, um, you know, you're Jeremiah the prophet. Some say you're Elijah." And then Jesus says, "Well, who do you say that I am?" And Peter you know, pipes up, and he goes, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, the Lord says to him, Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven revealed to you, and upon that rock I will build my uh, church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, contrary to Catholic opinion, uh, Peter is not the rock that he's talking about there. He's not the Pope. But, listen, the rock is revelation. So watch this. When you have a personal revelation, the gates of hell cannot stand against it. When you have a revelation uh, in your spirit that God is good, God is my provider, God is whatever you need him to be, and God reveals that to you and it becomes personal, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's why the church needs to operate in this revelation of God's Spirit on their life, and so my my job, my hope is that I walk in revelation every day. I walk in the revelation that God speaks to me. So you know, uh, Jake's in my in my hotel room this morning, and so you know it's a little different. You know, kind of hanging out with a, a friend, and and so we're not spending hours and hours in prayer. And but I'm we both had our Bibles out. He was at the desk, he stole the desk before I got there, and so I was sitting on my bed, and uh, you know, I'm opening my Bible, and I got my pen, and uh, I'd done my workout listening to my Bible, getting through my, you know, Bible in three months, or in a month kind of thing, and then I got to my Bible, opened it up, and I'm asking God, God give me revelation, and, and so I'm just tracking through the book of Acts, I read the first chapter, I, yesterday, I'm in the second chapter, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, just a, a revelation to my heart, and so I wrote it down, that's what should happen every day of your life. Amen, Gary, good point, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, okay. So we all can have, um, uh, we can all have a, a revelation, uh, an anointing on our life that will create a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Come on, we, that's ultimately what we want, right? Yes. We want to create a dependence on the Holy Spirit. We sang about Him this morning, hey, we need Him in our life. Every one of us needs Him. So listen to this scripture. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. You can just write them down, and then you can kind of look them up after. But 1 Corinthians 14, 7 says this. But the manifestation, would you say manifestation? Yeah. The manifestation is given to of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Not, not profit, speaking profit, but profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. That word manifestation means a revealing. That, that there's a revelation and a, and a mani- or a manifestation, the communication of the knowledge of God to the soul, the expression of the mind of God for the instruction of the church. When, that, when you were to see that word manifestation, that's what it's talking about. And then this word prophet, it's a really important word. It's a Greek word. Would you say this with me? Say Simfero. Simfero. That's the Greek word. Now you just learned some Greek. Now you can say, I'm Greek right? symphero. Just use that word anytime. Go into a Greek restaurant and go, Simfero. Say, are you making Simfero today? And he'll go, I don't know. Are you going to buy something from me? Because that's how I make my profit, right? But the word Simfero, when you hear that word, what comes to your mind? Symphony. Exactly. It's where we get the word symphony. Now think about it. He says this, the manifestation of the Spirit is for the prophet of all, for the symphony and all. This word, sympharo, means this, to bring together, and it means advantage. When I think of this word, I think of symphony. So I'm not a big, like, go-to-the-orchestra kind of guy. You know, over Christmas, we were driving down to Ohio. I had some ministry in Ohio, and we have some really good pastor friends in Ohio, so I said, let's meet up in Cleveland. And so they said to us, well, why don't we go to White Christmas? It's playing at Cleveland. Cleveland's got a big, uh, you know, arts community. And so they said, why don't we do it? I said, okay. My wife said, yes, we've got to go to White Christmas. I'm like, I'm not into White Christmas, okay? I'm into summer. <laughs> so we go there and, and I'm not a guy that, like I'm not into that kind of stuff, but you know, the, the orchestra, they had a whole orchestra pit, right? The symphony was down there and then the, you know, the whole stage. It was actually, it was very good. Um, a little long, but it was very good. Um, Actually, it was very long, but it was very good, okay? So anyways, the, the interesting thing, think about it for a second. In the, in the orchestra, you got a, a guy over here, and he's, you know, he's tuning his drums, right, before everything's going, and it's bang, 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 he's, he's tuning his drums, and then somebody's going, and somebody's doing this with the violin, and it's just this nonsense, all this noise going on, right? And then all of a sudden, what happens? The conductor comes up, right? And what does he do? And then all of a sudden all of those instruments that were making all this noise they become this beautiful sound of music, right? Let's play it. Let's let's bring it down practically and it's this. Every one of you has a gift. Every one of you has a responsibility in the house of God. Some of you are ushers. Some of you are greeters. we got a sound guy back there, an audio guy. we got all the musicians up here. And, and we got ushers greeting and putting people in their seats. Every one of you has a gift. Every one of you has a ministry. Well, if you were just kind of over there doing your own thing, you'd be weird. You'd be out of order. You'd, be making no, you'd just be making a noise but collectively when the church comes together and they begin to minister the manifest when the Holy Spirit takes over all of a sudden there's this beautiful sound that takes place isn't that true and so if if for instance you have a gift of prophecy or you have a gift of healing and all all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to manifest and then you just step into your gift and all of a sudden at the right time at the right season everybody begins to start functioning in their gifts there's this beautiful sound. That's how it was supposed to be. And that's how it was in the, Old Test- in, in the New Testament church, is that when the Holy Spirit manifested, it gave the church this sound in the earth that all of a sudden was so amazing that everybody wanted to be a part of it. I just read today, in, in one day, 3,000 people got saved. It is so good. 3,000 people. Hey, I don't know what, what's the population of Stratford? 32,000. Hey, what, let's believe for 10%. Let's believe that 10% could just come in under the power of the Holy Spirit. Why not? Like We're talking about faith this weekend. Let's have faith for that. That, that, listen, all of a sudden, God would begin to anoint everyone in this room to have understanding, revelation. What did I say? Revelation and manifestation. The communication of the knowledge of God to the soul. Come on, the expression of the mind of God for the instruction of the church. Then all of a sudden, God gives you insight. All right, let's keep going. Okay, First Timothy chapter 4, verse fifteen and 14 and 15. It says this, do not de- neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And so the word neglect means is don't be careless. Don't make light of it. The word progress is the same word for profit. It's this idea of advancement. Uh, I need a volunteer. Someone just come on up here, bud. So, so listen, uh, just stand right here. All right, so... Uh, here's what happens prophecy the, they lay hands on you the elders you know the the pastors the leaders lay hands on you they prophesy and they say you will be you know whatever and they give you the, the anoint a gift in you and so you're going to be a musician okay so boom the gift comes on you just stand here and that what's the gift for it's to push you forward it's to advance you forward and so that's what prophecy is all about. It's to advance people forward. You can sit down. Thanks. Um, I, may, I may need you later. Okay, so do you get that point? The Holy Spirit gives gifts so that it advances people. It's not for me. It's not to me. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm awesome. I have this beautiful gift. No, it's actually to advance people forward. It's to bring people into a realm where they weren't in before. Look at this scripture. 2 uh, Timothy 1, six. Paul says this. He says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The word stir up means to kindle up or to keep it full of flame. You know, listen the gift can die through neglect. If you don't touch it, if you don't use it, you just kind of say, well I never have a gift. I don't know. But if you stir your gift up um, I was telling Jake, uh, this happens to me all the time, uh, I'm, I, because I'm on social media, I have different platforms, I get requests all the time. I, I got one this morning, I got one yesterday, I get people saying, hey, Pastor Gary, how you doing? Uh, you met me at this church, uh, this one girl said, uh, could I ask you to give me a word for 2020? Another person said, "Hey, I've got friends. One's dying of cancer. Can you give me? A, can you? Can I be bold? Can you give me a word?" I get this every day of my life, and and so I just say to them, like, "You don't understand. Like, people have no clue. Like last week, just last week, I prophesied to 220 people. That's like a lot of people, <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't I don't like I don't have time to now just sit and think." Okay, I got to prophesy over this person, this person. But my point is, is if I stir my gift up, I could do it because it's there. The gifts are there. Hey, what's your gift? Like, for instance, just just think about this. If somebody here this morning had a word of wisdom, a gift of a word of wisdom in their life, and you need wisdom, would you not want to know what that person was here? If you needed healing this morning, and there are four or five people in this room who carried the gift of healing, would you not want to know? Yeah. Listen, if if you needed, um, if you needed money, and you knew someone here had a, spe- a gift of generosity on their life and giving on their life, would you not want to know that person? Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. Would you want to know? Like, like, just. Just turn to the person and say, do you have what I need this morning? Because you never know. They might be sitting right here. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm a guy from Hamilton. I've lived there for 24 years. And, uh, you know, I was in one church. All my life I've only been in two churches in ministry. And so I've only, I've been in this church now for 24 years. I'm in Hamilton. Like it's not the thriving metropolis of Toronto. Or, you know, it's not, like it's Hamilton. I mean, I love Hamilton. I'm not knocking it, right? I'm just a guy. And one guy invited me to Asia. A guy I'd sown money into for the previous 20 years. But what I didn't know is this guy had a gift of connection on his life. And so then he connected to me, this guy. And then he connected me to this guy. And then he connected me to this guy. And then one day I just happened to be back in that guy's uh, town in Cambodia. And we're just randomly having snacks with a pastor from Taiwan and the pastor from Taiwan happens to be pastoring a church of 13,000 people. And that pastor had heard about me from a friend at another church because he'd been reviewing a prophecy. And he looked at me and said, you're the guy. And I went, I'm the guy. And he said, you got to come to my church. And in that, in that one meeting, he opened up eight churches in Taiwan it ranging from 1,200 to 35 to 4,500 people per church. Then he o- that, that opened up China to me and Malaysia, a church of 10,000. And then I got to golf last week because it was connected to all of those churches down in, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there, there's somebody in this room maybe have a gift of connection and all of a sudden you're looking for a job and all of a sudden they they know a person who knows a person who could fit you right into that job that's how the church should function is that everybody's kind of functioning see we we always think it's just this well i just got to prophesy or preach no 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 it's practical stuff too it's 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 all these connections i i've sat in business meetings We're literally, I've watched a a guy who has a gift all of a sudden use his gift and and all of a sudden make a deal with another person and millions of dollars are connected and exchanged. What is that? It's not just a transaction. It's a Holy Ghost transaction. But you got to stir up the gift, right? Right? The gift is the reception of the power of divine grace operating in your soul. In other words, God's grace comes on you and releases a gift into your life. And if you'll be bold enough to stir it up, you'll begin to function in your gifts. Can I hear an amen? Here's another scripture, Daniel chapter 1. I'm just These are random scriptures and we'll get to prophecy in a minute. But Daniel 1 verse 17 to 21, it says, And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom... Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among all of them, uh, all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is interesting because the king actually named them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember that? The three guys that were thrown into the fire, and they found a fourth one in there. His name was Jesus, right? So watch this. You see, if you will stand in your character, if you'll be a man and woman of character and serve whoever you have to serve, even though the king tries to name you something, he has to come back to your identity and he named them by their Israeli identity that God had given them. And so even the enemy has to acknowledge your identity in Christ. That's just for free. Okay, so look, it says, in all matters, watch this, in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them Ten times better. Ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who are in his realm. So, listen, God wants to put a, can I say it this way, a ten times better anointing. Not to compete, but listen, the world uh, should not match what the church has to offer. You know, at this stage of my life, um, I, I, the other day, like I say the other day, within the last uh, year or two, uh, I was sitting with a, um, a man, and uh, it was all done through a church, connected through a pastor, and I'm sitting with this man, and, and I, you know, I go through a spiel. I always say, hey, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell your fortune, but God has thoughts about you. Would you like to know those thoughts? And, and uh, the guy says, sure. He says, but I, I'm not a believer. I'm not a Christian. I said, that's okay. God loves you anyways, and he thinks about you. And I said, so do you mind if I share some things? And so I start rattling him off, and he's like, he's, he's like, and the pastor goes, I And so, you know, all of a sudden this man's heart opens up as God starts speaking and revealing the, the, the things of his heart. And, and so it was just an amazing conversation. It was, it was probably about a half hour where I would say something and he would say, that's unbelievable. Can we talk about that? And then we'd unpack it. And it's like God would give me more just to unpack his life and then really give him steps for the next part of his journey. At the end of it, I said to him, I said, look, uh, you know, I just hear two more things. uh, If I can just share them with you and we'll kind of see if this makes sense to you. And I said, "I, I hear global technology. I said, "What I see is I see screens and lights and cameras, and I see all this massive like displays of bulletin boards and stuff." And he looks at me, and he goes, "Okay." And then I said, "Does Crystal mean anything to you?" I don't think it's a girl's name. I I, I said, I, "I said I feel like it's some kind of a new technology." And he just looks at me. <laughs> he starts laughing, and he goes, uh, "Okay." He said, "Just so you know." And the, and then the pastor goes. And he goes, uh, I run one of the largest global technology companies in Taiwan. Uh, last year, we did $3 billion in sales. And he said, Crystal is actually a new technology that we're looking at. And uh, he said, actually, we've told no one. How did you know that? Yeah. Well, I didn't know it, but God knew it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we began this conversation where now every year I go to Taiwan, I sit with this brother and this man, and, uh, you know, have a, have a conversation with him, and, you know, God just has elevated that opportunity to sit and, and help him. Listen, God wants to do that. I, I'm just a guy from Hamilton, right? Um, there's nothing special about, well, there is, uh, you know, my hair is special, but there's nothing else special <laughs> about me, okay? Let, let me talk to you about the responsibility that you and I have to release the prophetic into into situations. Every believer, every leader in this room has certain responsibilities in stewarding um, their their spiritual life, or if you're a leader, their church, or your responsibility, small group, whatever it is. Listen to this scripture, and, and if you've got your Bibles, you can take it out. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 to 21. It says, do not quench the spirit. In our day... I've gone through it. I've been a Christian now for 35 years. I've pastored for 35 years. And what I have found is, I would say this more happens in North America than it does in other parts of the world, but there's probably other parts of the world. What I would say is that North Americans have a tendency to quench the spirit. The word quench means to stifle, stop the flow, sometimes to extinguish. It means hindering his operations in oral testimony in the church gathering of believers. That we've just kind of stopped it. We've just kind of, you know, created a hindrance in it. And really, my encouragement to us is let's not quench the Holy Spirit. Like, let's fall in love with the Holy Spirit. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Come on. Say amen. amen. Come on. Say amen or ouch. One or the other. But say amen. Listen, come on. Let's not quench the Holy Spirit. Let's fall in love with the Holy Spirit. He is a person, and he can speak through you. He can speak into you. He can minister to you. He wants to work with you, and so let's not quench the Holy Spirit. Let's stir the Holy Spirit, amen? Like, if you speak in tongues, come on, pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Believe God, amen? Listen. I played this the other day, and I'm going to play it again because I've got my mic here. You can hear this. Uh, I want you to hear this i I, I go all over the world and um, and so this was in uh, Singapore. This was a prayer meeting in in Singapore um, that I was at. now there's one guy who's he's I work with him he's the pastor one of the pastors on staff, and he's working with me you know as we go to these small groups. so this is a group of about 100 people, maybe 7,500 people, and we're just praying. We're just praying, okay? Listen, we're just praying, okay? Here it is. Can you hear that? That goes on for 15 minutes, just that. Solid prayer. Here's another one. This is another day. Another group of people, not the same people, okay? Okay, so that's, this is Chinese people. That was Singaporeans, this is Chinese. Just one more. This is Japanese, all right? Are you here now? Want to do one more? This is Malaysia. Okay, Malaysia is a Muslim nation. Just so we're clear. (laughs) All right. Just worshiping. There were Pakistanis here. There were... um, Syrians in this church. They were Malaysians. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, I mean, I I, I just have everywhere I go. That's that's what happens. You say, "Come on, let's pray in the Holy Spirit," and it's not secret prayer. Shut up, God! Just see, you can't quench the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Let's be a church that goes after an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Like, like uh, I just have this conviction that the Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Come on, rivers. Is a river flowing? Let it flow out of you. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. This is what he says. Do not despise prophecies. Verse 20. That word despise means to regard as nothing, to despise utterly or to treat with contempt. You know, prophecy really is just taking the thoughts of God and bringing them into people's lives. That's really what prophecy is. It's, it's, it, it involves uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort. And then the Bible says, test all things, hold what is good. In other words, we're to prove. In the Old Testament, when a prophet prophesied, uh, he either got it right or he was killed. Isn't that the truth? Yep. He either got it right or he's killed. Well, thank God we're not living in that day. Nobody brought stones today, right? So that's a good thing. Uh, Why? Because Paul said, he said, we have to prove all prophecy. So I've got many, many prophecies on my life that at the moment I received them, I didn't necessarily think it was a God thing. Or I didn't really know the person. You know, some people, you know, I get into situations where, you know, somebody will, I'll be in a church and somebody will come up and say, hey, I, can I minister to you? And I'm, I want to be gracious. Yes, I'll record it. But I'm not going to just accept that. I'm not going to say, oh, i got to prophesy. Hallelujah. That's from God. No, I have to, the Bible says you got to prove Prophecy. You've got to evaluate it. You've got to sit down and ask the Lord. And so all my prophecies, every prophecy, I, that's why I have people record prophecy, is because I want you to prove it. I want you to just receive it and, and then repro- uh, prove it. So Lord, is this, is this a word from you? is this, is this mean something uh, that's going to direct my life? Because that's New Testament. The fact that he says prove means the, that we potentially could get things wrong. And so here's the problem. If you, if you want to step in gifts and begin to operate in gifts, you have to get over the fear of being wrong. Or you'll never do anything. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Amen. You just have to get over it. So let me give you an example. I was in a church, I was in this African American church, and. Um, uh, I was, you know, just Roman, pastor said, you just roam through the congregation. So I'm roaming through the congregation. And, and this guy was standing there, and I got to be honest with you, he, he was dressed really more for the gym or actually like he'd come from an outdoor football game. He was completely like disheveled in his dress. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell him I'm going to redress him. So I'm thinking, well, how do I say that? <laughs> you know, there's some things that God will say to you. And you've got to figure out how to say it in a right way that's not going to dishonor the brother, but you've got to say it, right? You know, you can't, you've got to have a love foundation in your heart. I, I would say you've got to have a pastoral heart to be able to say, how do I bring what would seem like an adjustment to this man? So, I just kind of prayed and I said, Lord, what what do you want me to say? And I I heard the Lord say, I'm going to take him into two worlds. I'm going to take him into the natural, but also the business. And I want him to function in, in, in both worlds. And so he's going to have to learn how to maybe dress like a businessman and think like a businessman. And, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, let's see if this works. So, you know, prophesy this guy and he's looking at me and he's going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And his wife was right there. And I said, how about you? Do you agree with that? She goes, absolutely not in front of the whole congregation, so I was like, oh,
0: Jesus, hallelujah,
1: <laughs> so honestly, I didn't show it, but in my heart, I was, if fear took over right away, so I said, well, you know, your pastor's right here, I said, if I got something wrong, I, I you know, I, I totally submit to him, and, you know, I, this was not intention, intended to hurt anybody, so I really, uh, really apologize. You can work it out with your pastor. But, but the Lord said to him, tell him again. So I turned to him, and I started, you know, prophesying to him, and he goes, yes, sir. Amen. And I walked away from her. I didn't even ask her. I just walked away. <laughs> but I got to prophesy over more people, right? So I'm, I, in my heart, I'm in fear, just to be really honest. Like I was, does anybody get fearful? Okay, good. So I, you're, you, we're on the same plot. We're on the same team here, okay? So I was a little afraid, and I got, like, there's a whole church, like 400 people in this church, so I'm I'm just getting going. So I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. So I just stepped to this next person, and what I have learned is that I don't let my emotions take over, and I just settled my heart. I said, Holy Spirit, what? And the Lord spoke to me, and I started prophesying to this lady about writing. And she's like,
0: yes! And she's
1: crying. I'm thinking, hallelujah, I got that one right. <laughs> then, I go, then I go to the next one. And uh, come here for a second. I can just use you for a sec. And so this lady, and I, and I turned her, I, I grab her hand and I go, and I, I just, I said, it's turning around. It's turning around. I said, your marriage is turning around. And she's looking at me like I'm from another planet. And I said, I just have this thought. I said, he's going to say, can I come home? There's been struggles. There's been pain. There's been turmoil. And I'm just dropping this thing. And she's just looking at me. He's looking at me. And then she sits down. So you can, you can sit down. And so then I'm done, right? I'm I'm, fu- I'm, I'm finished. And the, the pastoral staff comes up and goes, what are we going to do? That was one of our pastors. And that was one of her, his wife. It was pastor's wife that said that. I said, I ah, don't worry about it. You know, let's You know, like, like let them figure it out. You know, the pastor will figure it out. And so the pastor came to me and he said, Gary, he said, just so you know, I'm from a Fortune 500 background. And he said, I think like a businessman. I I was a VP and I came into ministry. So everything I do, I do this. I hired him because of his skill set, but I just told him this week, he better start dressing better. So he said, I know them. He said, she wanted you to speak to her music ministry, and you didn't. You ministered to her last night, and you didn't say anything about music ministry, and you didn't do it there. She's just ticked off. So just relax. I'll deal with that. I said, okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So, you know, uh, as always, I, you know, I leave, and I get a phone call from him on Tuesday. And he says, Gary, you remember that last lady you did the whole prophetic act, turning around, and you said, he's gonna say, can I come home? I said, yeah. He goes, I didn't even know this. He said, but um, her husband and her were separated, and he was in some kind of an emotional thing, an emotional affair or something. And on Sunday morning, he said, he called her Sunday afternoon. On Sunday morning, he said, the Lord woke him up and started dealing with him and he had been repenting all morning, he called her that afternoon and said, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Can I come home? You know what's amazing about that? You know, it's great prophecy and great uh, fulfillment. But I I learned something that day, even it's, it's kept me for a number of years now, is that you cannot let fear dictate your ability to step in God. You can't, you can't. Listen, a false prophet is someone who leads people away from God. That's a false prophet who teaches you know, wrong doctrine. That's a false prophet. Just because you get something wrong prophetically doesn't mean you're a false prophet. It means you're learning. So we've got to create an environment where we let people practice, right? Uh, listen, I, I still do that. I, I go up to people sometimes. I was in a church one time, and I said... Um, I'd, I'd been watching this guy do some prophetic stuff online, and I, I said, I'm going to challenge myself. So I, I, I came to the church, and I had written a name. I wrote Bob, Grant Avenue, businessman, engineer. So I go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call out. I'm going to try something this morning. I'd never done it before, actually. So I said, is there a Bob here? And you're an engineer. Uh, you have your own business. And, and uh, I think you live on Grant Avenue. Crickets we're in the room. I said, does anybody know Bob? <laughs> Is Bob your neighbor? <laughs> Nobody. So I said, hey, you know what? We know a part, we prophesied a part. I got it wrong. No worries. I'm good. Um, and then it went on, you know, just ministered And so, but on the way home, I'm saying like, what was that? Uh, like, you embarrassed me today. I was trying to be good. I was trying to be, you know, and I was saying, like, what's going on? And I felt like the Lord say, somebody in your day will know Bob. So I was like, okay, great. So we were actually planning to get together for dinner with a couple. So I thought, they, it's, it's them. They know Bob because I was just going to go home and hang out at my house. So my wife didn't know Bob. She better not have known Bob. But anyways, <laughs> so anyways, you know, <laughs> I got to watch my time. I got so many stories. I, I do want to go for, further here. So that right then, my wife calls me and says, "Hey, Josh's mother and father-in-law came to our church today. They don't normally go to our church, and they say, she said, do you want to meet up for lunch?'" I said, "Sure, I'll meet you there." Got off the phone, and the Lord spoke and said, "They know Bob." So I'm sitting at dinner. I'm I'm preoccupied. I'm thinking about Bob. I'm not engaging in conversation. My wife is kicking me under the table, and so finally I said, "Guys, listen, I got to stop because they're not in. They're not." Like, they're not really spirit-filled, right? So I, got, I said, listen, I got to talk to you. I said, do you know a Bob on Grant Avenue? He's an engineer in a business. Go, yeah, we know Bob. He runs a sound engineer studio called Grant Avenue Studios. I said, awesome. And she starts crying. She goes, what is this? I said, it's okay, it's prophecy, it's okay Um, listen, would you do me a favor would you be able to meet with Bob and would you take these three things to Bob, the first one I said I saw contracts on his desk that he needed to sign but he's been really struggling whether he should sign them because he's got health issues and uh, that God wants to heal him of those health issues and the third is that I just really feel like God's going to open heaven over his business, she's like, yes I'll do it and so um so she meets with Bob. She books an appointment with him on Tuesday and meets with Bob's not saved, by the way. So she goes in and she tells this crazy story. My, my son-in-law's father is a preacher. He was at a church. He called your name. He called this. This is everything he said. And, and you know, Bob's taking off his glasses. He starts crying. He starts crying. He goes, what is this? And he goes, well, these are the three things you've got contracts that you need to sign and you've been concerned about signing them because you've got health issues. And, and he told me to pray for you that God would heal you and you could, you could sign these contracts. But you have to think about this. And, and, he, and, and God wants to open heaven over your business. And so Bob's like, okay, first of all, I have no idea what mean open heaven over my business means. He said, but, and he pointed to a stack of contracts. And he said, I've had contracts on my desk for a month now trying to figure out if I should sign them, because I I do have health issues, and I've been struggling in my health. So she said, well, let me pray for you, and so, you know, they're friends, so he prayed, she prayed for him, and then she got up, and she talked about relationship, or relationship with God, and then she got up, prayed, uh, uh, gave him a hug, and off she went. So, um, Here's, here's, the, here's the backdrop to the story. Bob says, hey, do you mind if I share this with my business partner? She's Pentecostal. She gets these kinds of things. So she said, absolutely, you can share that. Now, here's the cool thing. I go back. I call the pastor of the church because the pastor actually wasn't there that Sunday. He's a good friend of mine. And so I told him the story. So he goes on Sunday, and he tells the story. Remember, Gary, last week... Well, at the end of the service, his brother-in-law, who was in the service that morning, comes up to him and says, I have a confession to make. He said, I've worked with Bob for 12 years. And he said, but when Gary said Bob, I thought he was referring to my wife's ex-husband, and I couldn't think past that. I didn't hear anything else. So the pastor said, well, you got to call Bob and tell him the same story. So that week, he calls Bob, meets Bob, and tells the exact same story. Then I post this on Facebook. It's a cool story, right? Like, I post it and you know, tell it. Three other people that I know know Bob. So they call Bob that week. In a span of two weeks, Bob gets five people sitting down with him, telling the same story. Listen, do you think God knows where people are? Do you think he knows their name? You just got to be bold. Come on, you got to be bold. Say you got to be bold. All right, let's keep going. All right, so we're not to despise. Listen, say, I'm no longer going to despise prophecy. I'm going to function. And I'm going to prove things. Now listen, prophecy, here's, we're going to get into prophecy here, okay? So prophecy speaks to the nature of a creative God. It speaks the nature of a creative God into people's lives and situations. Prophecy can heal, it can restore, it can renew, it can recharge a person to pursue God's purposes for their life. At the very least, a word of knowledge opens people up to faith. Tonight, uh, I told Jake, I said, Jake, stir, your, stir yourself uh, we're going we're gonna to give some words of knowledge, knowledge before I prophesy, before I preach tonight. i are just going to call it some words of knowledge and pray for people. Because what I found is the moment you call words of knowledge out, it stirs faith in people. And, and we'll believe God, right? Uh, I was telling a lady, uh, I, was at, I was actually at Bethel in Redding, California, just attending a service. And uh, I had had knee problems. I mean, severe knee problems to the point where I was walking through the mall one day. And my knee locked up and I couldn't walk. I was like... Oh, and this teenager says, sir, can I help you? I was like, get away from him. I'm not, that, I'm not that old, you know. And so I'm, I'm walking through the mall, you know, just freaking out. And my wife says to me, she says, Gary, you've got to go to the doctor. I said, don't worry about it. Um, I said, when I come back from Reading, I'll go to the doctor. So I go to Reading. I'm in the service. I'm just enjoying the service. And some guy gets up there and goes, there's somebody here tonight with knee pain. Stand up. I, I was with Ryan. Ryan and I were there. I stood up. And these two dudes come over and they lay hands on my knees and they pray for me. And I got healed. I was like, I'm healed. I was, I was shocked, actually. I really was like, I have no pain. There's no pain. I'm healed. And so literally, God healed me, right? So then, about maybe a week later, the pain came back. So I, I put my hands on my knees. I said, God, you've healed me. I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. And the pain left. I did that for about, it happened about four more times. And I just kept praying, Lord, you've healed me. I, I rebuked that. And I have not had knee pain for three years. So, words of knowledge just stir people. Amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? Uh, I was with Ryan, uh, Jake and Ryan always travel with me a little bit, so I was with Ryan again, we're in Ohio, and I was doing a bunch of words of knowledge, we had hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people at the front of the altar, and there was a young man that the pastor had asked me to prophesy in between services, they have three, they have three services, and so I didn't get to prophesy over him, so I said, after the service I'll prophesy, so um, he's up in the front, and I don't know, I don't know anything about him, and I feel like the Lord say, uh, I just had this thought, kidney. Kidney. I said, anybody here have kidney problems? The guy put up his hand. So I said, we're going to believe for a creative miracle right now. So we just pray. So we're praying all this. I pray, Lord, right now, we just pray for a creative miracle. We pray for a new kidney right now in Jesus' name. While we're praying for him, his phone is going off in his, in his pocket. So he walks out of the service He had been on a kidney wait list. The doctor had called him and said, we have a kidney. You have to come to the hospital tonight. So I didn't even get to prophesy over him. He came in and said, Pastor, got to go, got a kidney. See you later. (laughs) Boom. So it turns out that that kidney actually wasn't the right kidney for him. But within a week, he had gotten a new kidney. And today he's off dialysis and he's functioning well. Amen? Listen, a word of knowledge. Just a word of knowledge. Come on, are you, are you believing in faith that God can use you? Okay, watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's, if you have your Bibles, come on, let's just all look at the scripture or your phones. 1 Corinthians 14. And we'll just, we'll just talk about the basis of prophecy and what it, what it is. And, and we'll go from there. 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 14. And uh, let's, let's start with verse 1. Would you say pursue love? Listen, love has to be the foundation of the gifts. You cannot function in the gifts without a spirit of love. In, In the past, I've worked with guys like this. They have this sharp ability in gifts, prophecy, word of knowledge, but they don't have love. And so they say things in a way that are not loving. They say things that are not caring. And it, it's like a sharp sword that actually cuts and doesn't, it does more damage. And so you've got to make sure that you've got a foundation of your heart that it's love. Come on. Amen. Yes. And so it says this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Listen, say Desire. Everybody asked me this. I was driving from, to the airport the other day, and the guy said, you know, Pastor, when did you start prophecy? Like, how did it begin? I said, it started with a desire. I remember as a young Christian, I'd just gotten saved, and I read this verse, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And the Holy Spirit said, desire spiritual gifts. And so I had a desire. And so, I, listen, I didn't know any better. When I read the, the nine gifts, I said, Lord, I want them all. I want every gift. I didn't know at the time that it's the Holy Spirit who desires, he gives whoever he desires to, but I wanted them all. Now, the truth, truth be known, every one of those gifts except speaking in tongues and interpretation, I feel I've operated in. When I think of speaking in tongues, I mean, I feel like it's like, it's not just my prayer language, la, la, ba. it's actually going into a nation and speaking their language. To me, that's speaking in tongues. The interpretation is understanding what they're saying and interpreting it back. So let me give you a story. I have a friend. Um, he actually attends Lake Mount in, um, in Grimsby. And he works with Bangladesh people. And he was in a, in a meeting with these Bangladesh pastors who do not speak English. And they were praying over this man to receive the Holy Spirit. And so the man starts speaking in tongues, but his tongue was English. And he was telling the pastors the wonderful works of God. These English pastors, and they stopped him and said, uh, 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 "Hang on a minute, would you do that again?" And he goes, la, la. and he's he's saying, yeah, "Yeah, the Lord is good, and the Lord is great, and the Lord is your strength and your protector." And he's talking about the wonders of God to these guys. So they stop him and go, they ask the uh, pastor, and they said, "Does he know English?" And he goes, oh, I, "Let me ask." He goes, "He goes no, no English, right?" And then he goes, "Okay, hang on a minute." Just do what you just. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Praise in the Holy Spirit, speaking fluent English to us. Come on, that's the gift of of tongues. Amen. So sometimes, you know, I'm not knocking this, but, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Okay? That was my heritage, PAOC. And we always had a couple of sweet old ladies in the middle of worship go, shaka-ka-ka-ka-ba-ba-ba. Yea, my little children, the Lord would say unto you. And we think that was tongues and interpretation. Well, maybe, but I would say it's probably really someone just praying in the Holy Spirit and getting a prophecy. But that's for another time. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But anyways, all right. Let's let's keep reading. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may Prophesy. prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Could you you read that verse with me? Verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Alright, so let me give you the what I call I, I, there's really actually five uh, things in terms of what prophecy is. Number one is it's edification. Would you say edification? edification. Now, here's what I mean what it is. Say build up. Build up. That's what edification means. It means to build up. It's a construction term. It means to construct or put a brick in its place to build a house and to strengthen. This aspect of the prophetic word strengthens the structure of people's lives. So again, your motive when you come has to be love, but your whole goal is, how can I build somebody? How can I build them up? I don't want to tear them down. I want to build them up. Amen? Can anybody do that? Everybody here can do that, right? Okay, and then he says this. Exhortation, that means to stir up. Say stir up. up. So we have build up, then we have stir up. A prophetic exhortation compels us on, urges us on, and stirs us on emotionally and mentally. It prompts us to take action. The, the, The root word periclesis, which communicates the idea of calling someone to your side for the purpose of strengthening and pursuing them. Uh, not pursuing them and uh, spurring them uh, into good works. Um, I, my secretary, her name is Deb. Uh, for 15 years, she was my secretary. I was um, I was also the our school principal. Go figure, guy who didn't even graduate from high school uh, became a school principal. So I was. Right, we have a Christian school, and. Um, she was a great girl, but had a rough life. Deb had a rough life. Her husband um, basically left her eventually, and um, just a really sad situation. But Deb literally uh, prayed all her kids into the kingdom, and her grandkids into the kingdom. And uh, but one day I was sitting in my office, and um, I heard I heard the Lord say, "Tell Deb, yes, she can." So I, walk, I walked up, Deb, I walked in my, uh, into her office. I said, Deb, listen, I just felt like God say to me, yes, you can. And she looked at me. She said, what? I said, yes, you can. Go get me a cup of tea. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I said, yes, you can. Just yes, you can. That was all I said. And I got really kind of, it, it was really strong. I was trying to stir her. Yes, you can. And uh, so I went back in my office. You know, I'm working away, and I hear Deb crying. I'm thinking, what is she crying for? I said, Debbie, come in. So she walks in, and I said, what are you crying for? She goes, nobody told me I could. Nobody told me I ever could. Now, it's 15 years later, and like just recently, I saw her, because I'm traveling, you know, and I walk up, like, Deb, how are you doing? She goes, yes, I can. <laughs> Still to this day, she goes, every once in a while, I hear your voice saying, yes, I can. When I feel an obstacle... I hear your voice saying, yes, I can. Like that was so simple, folks. It doesn't have to be profound. It just has to have an attitude. Hey, come on, I'm here to stir somebody up. Can you stir somebody up? Here's the next one. Watch this. Comfort. It means to bind up. So we have build up. Come on, say build up. Stir up. And then bind up. The word prophetic word can comfort and console. There's a healing element to it. The root word for comfort in the Greek is paramethea. It means to speak closely to someone as to encourage someone who is, for example, weary, under pressure, or afflicted. It builds up and carries with it a greater degree of tenderness than the word exhort. So, exhort's a little bit more just get in there. Come on, yes, you can. But the bind up comfort is, hey, really, come on, you can. Do you notice the different tone? There's it a little bit more of a caring and a comforting there. Um, you know, I was in, uh, I was in, um, where was I? Florida. And I was ministering with a great friend of mine, Danny Bonilla. And um, we're doing this prophetic presbytery, and we bring these couples up, and we just lay hands on them and prophesy. And uh, so this couple comes up, and both Danny and I put our hands on on her, and we both start crying, like just sobbing. Like we're just, there's what we both felt was grief. There's this intense grief come over us. So he looks at me, I look at him, he goes, go ahead. And so I, I just say, uh, you know, there's been loss. The Lord is the God of loss and he's the keeper of your heart. He's the one that uh, will help you and strengthen you in this season. The Lord is with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, and then all of a sudden I I hear that, I feel this, and so daddy goes, okay, enough. So I pull back, and he goes, I hear a voice, I hear a voice crying out, mommy, I'm with Jesus. Well, the whole congregation, the couple, everybody, collectively, woo! (laughs) <laughs> just sobbing all the whole congregation. And, and then he just goes into this whole thing about loss. Same thing, you know, just prophesying. And we're weeping and crying. We pray over this couple. They're sobbing. And uh, we give them a hug. We're finished. Uh, literally, people, they walk off the stage. People are there. They're hugging and they're greeting them. I turn to him. I go, what were you seeing? He goes, Gary, he says, I got up into heaven. And he said, I saw a crowd of people. And he said, I saw... I think it was like a seven or eight year old little boy running through the crowd yelling, Mommy, it's okay. I'm with Jesus. We didn't know this, but that couple had lost an eight year old boy. You know, it, again, i just overwhelmed at how deep God will go to bring comfort and strength to people. That's the prophetic that's what God can do. I was in Laos, Laos, a communist nation, like the hammer and the sickle kind of guys, you know, I'm in Laos and at my, at my, uh, I'm sitting with a a pastor from Cambodia and we're going to do some work there. And, and, um, I'm sitting there about four tables over. There's a young lady there. And so she's kind of looking at her and, and she's like, (laughs) she, she's eating. So she's had a rough night. And so I thought, Holy Spirit, what's her deal? And the Lord spoke to me. So I thought, I'm going to wait. I'll see her. Like, where we were, a small town, you could, I'd see her again. Or if not, I'd see her at the hotel that night. So I thought, I'm going to just wait on it. So throughout the day, we're we're driving, I see her numbers of times. And so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll see her at the hotel. So um at the end of the night, the missionaries drop us off at our hotel, and we go down to the Mekong River, and they have these, um, these have, like a little market there, and so I was buying my wife a Gucci bag, it was an authentic $10 bag, it was awesome, <laughs> and I happened to see the girl, I happened to see her, so I said to my friend, Jay, stop her, I gotta get my Gucci bag, but I, I just stop her, please, and so I bought my you know, I think it was 15 and I got them down to $10. So it was an awesome Gucci bag. I think it said gauchi, but that's okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here, and I, I go up to the girl. I say, hey, how you doing? And she goes, hi. I go, what's your name? She goes, my name's Lindsay. I said, hi, Lindsay. My name's Gary. This is Jay. I said, hey, we're pastors. And I said, sometimes God speaks to us. I saw you at the hotel this morning. And God really spoke to me about you. Do you mind if I share? You know, she kind of looks at me. I get these weird looks sometimes. She goes, yeah, okay. So I I put my hand on her and I said, hey, Lindsay, first thing God really told me is that he loves you. She starts crying. And then I said, the second thing is that you're running. You're running from pain and you're running from heartache. You've had your heart broken. And now she is like full on, got her head on my shoulder, sobbing, getting my Gucci bag wet. (laughs) I mean, she is just sobbing. It was awkward. I just put my arm around her. I said, Lindsay, listen, God wants to heal your heart. And, uh, you know, um, he, he, he really cares about you. And, and you know, we're gonna we're, can we pray for you? Yes, pray for me. And so we prayed for her. She goes, why does this keep happening to me? You're the second guy that's done this to me. And uh, another pastor had talked to her. And so, you know, I just said, Lindsay, you need to open your heart to Jesus. Why don't you go back to your room tonight and just have an open time with him and just tell him how much you love him and and, uh, ask him to speak to you. He will. And so she, you know, she walked and and off she went. We had a couple of uh, things, other things to do, and, and that was it. Here's the amazing story. So I'm from Hamilton. The pastor who was from Cambodia originally was from Hamilton. He was in Cambodia. He flew from Cambodia. I flew from Hamilton. We're in the nation of Laos, a communist nation. Lindsay was from San Francisco. And God brought three people into a communist nation to tell a lonely, hurting girl that he loved her. God can do anything with just somebody who's willing to yield their heart to the presence of God. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. So listen, there's two other areas that I'd like to just kind of drop into. The, first, the next one, which is what I would reserve for people who are very highly skilled in the gifts uh, of prophecy or even the office of a prophet, and that's revelation, which I would say is opening up. Okay, revelation. This prophetic word causes people to open up. Prophecy will open up the understanding of a believer, open up the spirit of an unbeliever to the things of God. It will convict and convince the believer. So it would be like Bob, Grant Avenue, that kind of thing. I was in a boardroom uh, in Taiwan. The the owner was a Christian. She said, Gary, uh, today I want you to come... Uh, I bring all my executives from all over the world for a week of meetings, and uh, this is the week, and you're the first meeting, so I want you to go into that boardroom and prophesy over every one of them. By the way, 10 out of the 14 are not saved. Okay, it was an exclusive jewelry company. Literally, we walk into the door, there's security guards, the door opens, we walk in, the door closes behind us, and then another door opens, and I've never seen jewelry like it. I told my wife, we don't have enough money on our credit card for this day. You're just looking. I mean, there are million dollar pieces, two million, three million dollar pieces, diamonds galore, movie stars and kings buy her her jewelry. So I go into this room. I could tell the Christians because they were all smiling. The other 10 were just looking at me like I was from another planet. But as, as we started walking, I just, you know, do my spiel, hey, I'm Gary, I'm not a fortune teller, but God has thoughts. How many would like to know his thought, that what God thinks about you? Every hand went up. So I said, okay, I got the permission. So then I start going through the room. I'd stand behind them because I don't, li- don't like looking at their faces. My wife's watching them, and they are coming unglued. People are crying, they're laughing, they're going,
0: oh. yes, that's ex-
1: so then the hardest nut in the group. I, I look at this lady. She is the toughest nut in the group. I come behind her. Now they're all Asian, by the way, and I stand behind her and I just kinda wait and I hear Hong Kong. That's all I hear. So like they're all Asian. Somebody in this room's from Hong Kong. So I hear Hong Kong. So I said, Hey, I I want to start off. I, I just hear the word Hong Kong. Well, out of the corner of my eye, I just kind of look at I I, I I look down at the girl first and the girl does this. And just looks at me like if she's seen a ghost. Out of the other corner of my eye, I see the owner going. <laughs> <laughs> like she's freaking out, right? She's happy. And so I, I go, uh, and then I didn't have anything else. So I think Hong Kong, I said, Holy Spirit speak. I said, hey, do you know Joseph in the Bible? She looks at me and goes, I don't read the Bible. I said, okay, no problem. Let me tell you the story. <laughs> I don't care if you don't read the Bible. So I tell this story about Joseph, and I said, you know, in Genesis, I think it's 50, Joseph says this one thought. He says, "Um, I'm in the place of God. In other words, all of Joseph's life, there was all this struggle and all this pressure, but he came to a place where he realized he was in the place of God. And I said, Joseph had these two sons. One was Ephraim and one was Manasseh. And one means the Lord has caused me to forget my pain. The other one, the Lord has made me fruitful. And I said, I believe Hong Kong is the place. And I said, you've had pain. There's been great pain in your life. In fact, your father rejected you. And so I got my eyes closed. My wife's watching her and she's doing this. Trying not to cry. I mean, she's a tough nut. And so I'm, I'm just saying, God, you, you've had pain, and the Lord is going to cause you to forget. And there's this place of fruitfulness where as you go to Hong Kong, the Lord's going to make you fruitful and you're going to be blessed, and blah, da, da, And and, so, and then I go on to the next guy. Okay, great, that's all I got. And then go to the next guy, talk about music. He's a philharmonic singer and player and all this kind of stuff. So then I, I stop and I say, hey, let's have some feedback. And the owner goes, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. We got to talk about Hong Kong. I said, okay. And everybody's laughing. And she says, for the last three weeks, even as late as yesterday, we have been asking her to start a branch of our company in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. And she says, I have believed that this woman could be used mightily in Hong Kong. God opened up her life right there that's what revelation can do amen and here's the last one instruction it means to wise up prophecy brings instruction and learning it's prophecy communicates the current disposition and will of God towards his people it's not instructional in the sense of something given in addition to the revealed will of God the scriptures it's just not that Uh, my wife is calling me sorry honey okay um, so let me give you an example of that instruction wise up. So what happens a lot of times is I sit with business people and, um, you know, high-end business people, billionaires. And so I was sitting with this bu- uh, billionaire and he says to me, um, you know, uh, you know, Garrett, I, I, I just, um, would you, would you just kind of pray for me? I'm, I'm in the midst of some decisions. So I said, okay. So, you know, I just kind of wait on the Lord and, um, and, uh, I, I, I give him this thought, and I hear, building a bank, I said, I really feel like you're going to build a bank, and he just kind of looks at me, and, um, and then I, I say, I think there's some, I actually think you've got to sell something, so that was kind of the two thoughts the Lord gave me, This just, it's just the, this thing, and then so he says, well, let's talk about that, and he goes, um, the Chinese government has asked me to build a bank. And I said, really? That's pretty cool. (laughs) And uh, he goes, but, you know, uh, this is what I'm concerned about. And so as we're talking, it's not counsel anymore. I feel the Holy Spirit give me clear instructions to him. This is step one, step two, step three. And he's literally writing these steps down. And he goes, these are all the steps that I've been contemplating and thinking. I was confirming er- everything that he had been thinking. And then the last thing he says to me, he says, um, uh, okay, so he says, um, I have this piece of property. It's worth a billion dollars. And he says, if I sell it now, I'll get a billion dollars. But if, if I keep it and build on it, it'll be worth three billion. What do you think I should do? I said, well, first of all, you need to invite me into your family. <laughs> he laughed. He did invite me, but, you know, I tried. Um, uh, and so then we have this discussion, and God just unlocks this unbelievable thought for him. And as he's, uh, the only way I can explain it is, it's not me. I, like, I'm a guy hardly graduated from high school. And I'm sitting with CEOs and talking to them about steps, business steps, uh, that literally they're saying these are the things that are being unlocked right now. We're currently working through them. I was in another meeting and I start telling this guy step by step and his daughter looks at me and she goes, who are you? I go, I'm Gary. She goes, we were just in a business, we were just in a meeting. Like, for the last hour, and everything you just said is exactly, word for word, the things that we discussed. Who are you? said, so I'm Gary. So there's this element that God wants to bring wisdom beyond what you have. Amen? So, let me just finish by saying this, okay? And then we'll, ask some, we'll take some questions. Um, there are four levels of prophecy The first level is what we call the prophecy of Scripture. Now listen, this is not getting added to. This becomes the basis how all prophecy should function. This is every prophetic word has to line up with this. I have have someone right now that I know who believes that God spoke to him, that he could leave his wife, move to another country, and um, minister with a new bride. Well... I, he's not hearing from God. This is not God. I don't care what you say. It's not God. You're in rebellion. You're listening to a familiar spirit. You're li- li- listening to the demonic. You're not listening to God because that's not in Scripture. In fact, you're going contrary against Scripture. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I got a word, and it's contrary to Scripture, you can say, thank you very much. God bless you, and throw it off the shelf. I've done that. I've had well, Honestly, I've had well-meaning people give me prophecies that are not... They don't witness with me. They don't fall in line with the scripture. And I say, thank you. God bless you. Make sure I dust the feet off when I walk away because I'm not going to let that sit in my spirit. Right. That's why we have to prove. Prophecy should never manipulate people. Right. Never manipulate people. If, you, if you're being manipulated by prophecy, you need to run, forest, run. Get away from that person as quick as you can because prophecy should never run. That's why I very rarely say, thus saith the Lord. Because then what if I'm wrong? Well, it's God. God said it. So it's better to just kind of say, hey, I sense, I feel this is what maybe God may be saying. That's why we prove prophecy, right? So prophecy of Scripture, that's the first level. Second level, and, and it's not in this order, but I would say the prophecy of Scripture is the key one. And then you have what we call a prophetic culture or the spirit of prophecy, okay, the spirit of prophecy, and th- what, what I believe this is, is that it's an atmosphere where anybody who's spirit-filled could prophesy, so today, if we created an atmosphere here, and we stirred people up, like just kind of stir your gift, every one of you could prophesy to one another, amen, Gary, good point, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, you could, if you were spirit-filled, you could prophesy, it doesn't mean you have the gift of prophecy, it just means you could prophesy, and so as churches, can I, can I encourage you guys? As churches, you should come with a scripture in the morning. Paul says, come with a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song. Come with a scripture. Tomorrow morning, listen, it's Sunday tomorrow, right? Are you coming to church? Okay, come with a scripture. Come with a verse. I mean, maybe it's your best verse, okay? You're, but come with a verse and say, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to give it to today? And then go up to him and say, hey, you know, I got a scripture for you. And, uh, and, and it says this, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Hey, I just really feel like, you know, uh, today the Lord says you're, you're a man who fears the Lord. And your generations, you know what a man, but, uh, you know, <laughs> your, your generations will be mighty on the earth. That your children will be blessed today. And I just want to encourage you that you're on the right track. Come on, you're delighting in the Lord. Keep obeying God. amen Amen. is that a good word amen and then you just go into somebody else everybody can do that say everybody can do that listen say I can do that you see that's the culture that we want to create in our churches right you're not trying to direct people hey you're going to Africa hey here's Bill you're going to marry him we're not talking about that nonsense right we're talking about encouragement come on encouraging people just building somebody up. Everybody can do that if you're spirit-filled. You just got to come. So here's your assignment, if you should choose to accept it. Your mission is get a scripture tomorrow and begin to ask the Lord, Lord, who do, I want to, who, who, who do you want me to share it for? Look around. Look for countenances. Find somebody who's a little discouraged and find, give them a scripture that will rock their world. Hallelujah. Come on. Everybody can do that. Yes, Say, I'm going to do that. All right. Good. All right. Here's the third one. It's called the gift of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy is is actually a gift that is given to an individual as the Holy Spirit leads, who on a regular basis will operate in the realm of edification, exhortation, and comfort. And so you know, the only way I can explain it is how it started with me is I had a desire to prophesy and then I began to kind of take steps in prophecy and then I had a pastor who was a prophet and so he trained me and so for the longest time, the only prophecy I ever did, I didn't do a lot of personal prophecy, I just did public prophecy I would stand up and say, hey church I feel like the Lord, give me this scripture for you today and then I would prophesy and then the pastor would come and he'd say hey, that was a good word and I remember really the almost the first time I did that he came to me and he said Gary come on to my office on Tuesday we'll kind of evaluate your prophecy I said awesome so I go to his office and he's got my prophecy that I prophesied on the Sunday it's two pages and he's got two pages and he gives me a pen and he's got his and he's giving he's got a pen and he goes now let's go through this and he goes okay now strike that out strike that out strike that out and I said I'm striking most of the prophecy out. I'm like, oh my gosh, he strike that out, strike that out, and he literally brought the two pages down to like two paragraphs. And he goes, you see, you said, "Thus saith the Lord," like 30 times. Like you don't need to say that. That's just like, you know. And then you said, "My little children," I don't know, maybe six, six or eight times. And then you said this phrase like 16 times. So like you don't need to say that stuff. Cut that nonsense out. Get to the point, and look at what you said. And that was my training. And I started doing that. And then I, I, then, uh, I had someone uh, in leadership say, come on with me. And they took me to this person and say, now let's prophesy over this person. And then I would prophesy and he'd stand beside me and say, good word, good word. And then the guy Barry White one time, I was I was actually at Toronto, uh, the renewal. I was in, in the height of the renewal. Actually, before they moved to their big building, I was in their small building. And I walk into this room and Barry's there with, well, 15, 20 people. And Barry, Barry saw me. He said, Gary, come on here. He says, hey, Gary's a prophet. I was not a prophet. I was, I was like a small P person at that point. But he called me a prophet. And he said, he's going to prophesy over every one of you. I was like, what? Like, I had never done that. And Barry stood beside me, and I, I began to hear God's voice. I prophesy and he'd go, now that's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good word. And he'd go to the next one, and I prophesied. He'd go, that's a good word. That's a, and he did that for everyone. By the end of the night, I prophesied over 20 people. I'd never done that, and they were literally on the floor, weeping, crying. But what happened? Someone believed in me. Someone worked with me, and I wasn't doing it on my own. I had someone with me. Now I go into rooms of 20 people. Now I've cut it down. I had a heart attack in September, so I've cut it down to 15. And so I go into these rooms of 15 people. I stir myself up, and I just prophesy over every 15 of them. And then they all, they're all they all crying. They're all weeping. They're all thanking me. And I go out to the next room. I have a break, and then I go to the next room. Boom, boom, boom. And in one week, I can prophesy over 300 people. I'm not saying I'd like that, but that's just my life right now. So listen, it's a gift of prophecy. That stirs up, and so you just stir it up. So if you have a gift of prophecy and people recognize that, how do they recognize it? Words start coming to pass. You're being encouraged. You're an encourager of people. And the last thing is the office of a prophet the office of a prophet is what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, where it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that they're, they're not just people who can prophesy, they're actually prophets who actually equip the church how to hear the voice of God and how to prophesy. It's like I said, I do, a, uh, I do these two seminars, and so um, I, this is not, this, some of this is part of my seminar, but really, it's, it's equipping people to hear God's voice, it equips them on the gifts, and then uh, how to remove hindrances from your life, how does God speak, all that kind of stuff. And so, those are the four areas, prophecy of scripture, the prophetic culture, or prophetic atmosphere, gift of prophecy, and the office of a prophet. Amen. Are we good? Yes. Any questions? Yes. The guy from Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Her question is what kind of a prophet? There's some different types of prophets, people who speak to social justice. Um, I would say for me, if I had to define myself, I'm a local church prophet that travels the world. So uh, I feel like there's aspects where I speak into nations, which I have. I've seen God do some amazing things in nations, giving me opportunity to go to different uh, political leaders and nations. Um, but really, I'm just a local church guy. I love the local church. I want to strengthen leaders. Most of the prophetic ministry that I do is to leaders. So when I go to this church in Singapore, they have 3,000 leaders. And so I, I haven't even... That I, I mean, maybe a little, but uh, of the rest of the 17,000 that are in their church... I've hardly spoken to hardly any of those people. They say hi, they know me because you know, I'm I'm kind of working with their leaders, but I've just ministered to their leaders, you know, for 11 weeks in in the last 3 years. So most of the time I'm working with leaders, speaking into the leadership, speaking into pastors' lives. So there is a bit of social justice, but I I'm not, you know, I'm I you know, I if i find somebody who has a social justice call on their life then i probably speak to that in them yeah does that answer that question okay Another hand i saw yes in the bible there's a list of uh, gifts of the spirit I think a to I heard you the gift of connection can, can you do other gifts besides the most- yeah i i think the gift of the gifts in the uh the gifts of the spirit are really a guide and so i i actually think that um, we're not to limit the Holy Spirit, how he can function in people's lives. That there, like, for instance, prophecy is a gift, but prophecy can have many forms on how you prophesy. So I've worked with some really high-level prophets who are seers. I mean, they see things. There's a, a man in our movement, I remember back in the, I want to say 80s. When did the Berlin Wall fall? Probably in the 80s, right? I was in a meeting one time where the guy, this prophet got up. His name was Ernest Gentile, old, older man now. He's still living. He's in his 80s. But he, he got up and he go, just, just I, I kind of take, uh, I, I make fun of him. But this is, he goes, I see, I see the Lord. That's how he would speak, right? And he goes, I see the wall. I see the wall coming down. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached into the earth and shortly after, the Berlin Wall fell. I I remember it very clearly. I remember another prophet got up. he He had a different voice. He had a booming voice, and he would say, the curtain, the curtain is coming down. The curtain will come, and Russia will be saved, and then, you know, all that came down, and then the gospel went in. So the high-level prophets, they would speak to that kind of stuff. So prophecy can have many forms. So I know a lady in our church. Her, her name is Caitlin. Caitlin's this sweet little mom who couldn't have kids. God did a miracle, gave them kids. They now have four, and they've a, they're fostering two others. I mean, she's just a dynamo a lady. She homeschools her kids. Like, If anybody was called to be a mother, this girl was called to be a mother. But she has an unbelievable gift of hospitality and she bakes cookies, and she goes to her neighbors, and she gives them, and she opens doors. I mean, neighbors start coming to church. She has conversations. You can't say no to Caitlin. She has a gift of not being saying no. When she comes up, she says, Pastor Gary, eh?" yes, what do you want? Yes, take my firstborn, you know, like she... She just has this amazing gift. Well, is it in Scripture? Not really, but she's learned to let the Holy Spirit use what's in her hand, right? Another guy um, in, in, our, in our church, he's a mechanic, and, I mean, he'll do all kinds of stuff for single moms. Well, is that a gift? Yes, it is a gift. And does it open hearts and change hearts? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual gifts in terms of prophecy and all that kind of stuff. But um, for me, any gift can be used by God in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Any other questions? Can I give you just what I would call, just, we, we're, we're going to 12, right? Okay. Were we supposed to go to 1130? No. Okay, good. Um, let me give you what I call, what I would say are prophetic protocols, things that I use in terms of... if going to minister to somebody, okay, is I always sh- share God's thoughts in love. I mentioned that, but love is really important. And, and by the way, don't minimize, oh, the lights went out. Don't, min- that, that's a sign. Um, don't minimize simplicity, I've been doing this for 35 years, so I can stand over somebody and start rattling off and, you know, pull out scriptures and da 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 because I've been doing it for a long time. I've been studying God's Word. But don't minimize simplicity. I, I was at a restaurant. i just finished preaching three times, and um, I was tired. And I, I, want, I was at Swiss Chalet, and I wanted my chicken. I like chicken. And I'm, I'm tired. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me about my waitress, and I said, he said, just tell her I love her. And I said, no, I'm not. Because I'm not going to get my chicken. I know what happens here. And he goes, you know, tell her. And I said, God, I'm not going to get my chicken. She's going to sit down. She's going to cry. She's going to weep. And I'm going to be in trouble. And I'm never going to get my chicken. I was hungry. And, you know, Holy Spirit. So I said, hey, how you doing? I said, my name's Gary. I said, um, I'm a pastor. Do you mind if I tell you something God told me about you? She goes, yeah. I'm like, never get my chicken. <laughs> And this is what I said. He told me that he loved you. And she stopped, cried, sat beside me, put her head on my shoulder, started sobbing. I'm never getting my chicken. You know. So I said, you know, I, I said, no, he really does love you and he, and he really cares about you. And I said, I'll tell you what, here's my card. Why don't you come into my office on Tuesday and we can talk a little bit more because I know you're busy and you need to get my chicken. in. <laughs> okay. And I said, you know, I, 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 I don't want to, I don't interrupt your day, you know, but I, I said, I, I will talk to you. And she goes, yes. Yes. And so she got our check in, and we talked, you know, throughout the, day, throughout the time that we were there. We gave her a really good tip. It's always good to tip. So we gave her a really good tip, and I, I said, come and see me. And I didn't know if she was going to come, but Tuesday morning, she knocked on my office door. My secretary and her came in. I led her to the Lord that day. She ended up uh, coming to our church. A few weeks later, her husband got saved. And they stayed in our church for five years, and then they got a transfer to another Swiss chalet. And to my knowledge, I think it's in London, they're still going to church. Amen? All because of the simplicity of, hey, God loves you. So don't minimize your words. Don't minimize the impact of just saying that. Come on, can I hear an amen? Listen, share according to your faith. The Bible says... We prophesy according to our faith. So don't be presumptuous, just share according to your faith. Believe God. Have a clear conscience. In other words, you've got to have a right heart. You've got to have a pure conscience. And so uh, just be open to making sure your heart is right. Can I hear an amen to that? Again, come with the right motivation. It really isn't about you. Like I tell these stories because I'm really trying to get faith in your heart. It isn't about me, actually. Uh, It's not about my gift. It's not about what I do. It's actually about people. And it's about caring for people you know, last week we were with some friends. Um, they had been in ministry and had a really successful ministry, but the uh, husband made a mistake a few years, a number of years ago, 15 years ago. We lost touch. We kind of kept in touch, but we lost touch. We were really, really good friends. And, um, and so um, I was going out to San Diego, and uh, I knew they were there, so I said, hey, let's get together. We'd love to spend time. So they took literally the whole day. We had a day off and we just spent the whole day together. And it was just so awesome to reconnect. And, you know, they paid a price for their mistake. They paid a price in their family. But, um, you know, we, we started dreaming. And I, because and I, we, him and I had done a lot of prophetic ministry together back in the day. And he had not prophesied in 15 years. And uh, just over the last couple of years, he's gotten in a really good church and uh, he's now starting on there. He's on the worship team and he just started praying for people. And so I come on the scene and, and they were talking about all the dreams and the prophecies of their life that haven't yet come to pass. And I said, hey, uh, it's time. I said, look at my schedule. You pick a time and you can come with me and we'll get into ministry and we'll start prophesying again. He goes... I don't know. I don't know if I can. I said, yes, you can. And then he said, you know, it's not about me, is it? It's about the people. And I said, You got it, Pontiac. (laughs) You're right there. That's what I wanted to hear. It's not about you. It's about the people. And so this morning I texted him and said, Hey, Korea, you want to come? I'm believing he'll he'll answer that and say let's go and I'm going to help stir a guy back into his gift because it's not about me it's about people come on it's about people amen here's another one avoid being demonstrative, dramatical uh, theatrical or showy in other words it's not like yay the Lord would say unto my it's not that it's not like, you know, honestly, it's, it's not this. Where did we learn that stuff? That does not work in a, in a boardroom with chief executives. Honestly, it doesn't work in the real world, right? Like, it's not, it's not like, ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. When you're standing on a street corner, that does not work. People are like Nuttable. You just gotta be normal, man. Like just walk in, like I walk into boardrooms, I'm dressed like this. I go, Hey, I'm Gary, how you doing? And they're they're all dressed in their suits, and I just say, Hey, you know, let's talk. And and I'm conversational. Listen, if you don't hear anything, hear this. Let prophecy be conversational. It's not a it, or It's conversational. Um, when ministering to the opposite sex, opposite sex, be careful. Don't put your hands in certain places. Just be careful, you know. I remember when I first went to Asia, you know, it's hot. And so people, um, a lot of the girls were wearing like, what do they call, bikini straps and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking anything. I just put my hands on their shoulder and I'm praying for them. One of the pastors came and said, Pastor, if you see naked flesh, don't put your hands on them. I said, oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know. But it was a wake up. So I, I don't, I, okay. I'm, I'm being very careful. So just be really careful when you're ministering to the opposite sex. Amen? Um, don't allow people to worship you. Just stay humble. Uh, don't be a lone ranger. Learn to minister with others. Listen to godly leaders. I have, I have a board in my ministry. One of them's a pastor. One of them's a, a, a former. Well, he's a teacher, and the other one's a former banker. He's uh, actually a mortgage uh, salesman now, and um, those are my godly counsel. Those are the people that I listen to. The pastor is actually my pastor, he, and and so I I he I talk to him every week when I'm traveling I call him I speak to him he talks to me he asks me questions he asks me how am I doing how are my wife and I doing he's talking to me I'm submitted when I come here I'm actually submitted to this man and so I say hey what do you want me to do I'm under his authority I'm not gonna you know do do some crazy things and I'm under his authority so we got to be if we want authority we've got to be under authority Amen? So if we want to operate, we've got to be under, under authority. Uh, you know, uh, this may not apply to me as much because I do this a lot, but just keep it short. Like, don't, don't go on and on, you know, 20 minutes. I've worked with people who literally, they, they pull every bullet out of their holster and they shoot it at the person. I mean, everything you can imagine and there's nothing left for you to say. Just keep it short. Keep your words short. Stay within the boundaries and guidelines of Scripture. Never release a prophetic God thought or word that is contrary to the word of God. Amen? And uh, again, I would say don't be repetitious. Just share your thought and move on. And then if you can, use a recording uh, device whenever possible. And it's good because then there's accountability. You know, I have people today who came up to me. I, I had this happen just recently. Uh, last, this des- was it last December? No, the previous. So 2018, December, I was in Singapore. I was actually ministering at another church, but on the Saturday night, we went to this large church that we go to. They're really good friends. And so I said, let's go and we'll just hang out. We weren't even supposed to be there. And so... Uh, as always, I get a, a couple of direct messages on my Instagram. Hey, Pastor, can I see you after the service? Hey, Pastor, can I see? So I say, Well, talk to this pastor. And so they take me to the the waiting area. They have this thing called a green room. So I go there, and there's four couples. And um, so they all present me their babies. And because I prayed over them and said they're going to have babies, and now they're presenting me their babies. <laughs> So it's pretty cool, actually. And so this one girl says, Pastor, she said, you said the next time I see you, I would be pregnant, and I'm seeing you. I went, did I say that? And she pulled out her phone and said, here it is. And I went, okay. And I was about to apologize, and she goes, I'm six months pregnant. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I actually said to her, I said, did I say that? Like, I'd prophesy over thousands of people, I, you know, I said, did I say that? She goes, I have it here. Now, here's the amazing thing. I wasn't actually supposed to be at that church until March the next year. She would have had her baby before I saw her. Here's what happened. I go to that church in March. The first meeting I have... She's at the meeting, and she is now nine months pregnant, overdue, and she's in the meeting. The next day, she has the baby. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask, were you blessed? Was that good? Yeah. You learned some things? Okay. Um, if, if I ever come back... Uh, just looking at you over there, Pastor Chad. Um, I, I would love to do a seminar, and w- the reason I would do that is because we activate you. And we get you, first of all, we get you hearing God's voice for yourself. And then we do prophecy. We do what we call blindfold prophecy. We put blindfolds on you and have somebody stand in front of you, and then you just got to prophesy. And everybody freaks out when they do that but everybody prophesies. It's amazing. I've watched the most timid person put a blindfold on and give a word that is unbelievable to a person because it's not about you. It's about God. And so um, we do want to activate, uh, but let me just pray a prayer of impartation, amen, that you would begin to come to church with a word in your heart for somebody. Amen? Father, I just thank you for this church. Thank you for these great people. And Lord, today we just, we just release an impartation. What's on me would be on them. Uh, prophetic impartation, Lord, to receive uh, your thoughts for people. Scriptures, thought, here or there. Lord, that you would speak, even tomorrow as we come into the situation, the the sanctuary. Lord, whatever service we're coming to, Lord, that a word would be in our heart for somebody. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a flow of the prophetic starting today. Lord, a flow of the Holy Spirit starting today in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you, listen, tomorrow, maybe Monday when you go to work, um, just ask God for something. I tell you it's it's an amazing thing when you get a word of knowledge for somebody who you've been working with and then you just say, "Hey, do uh, you mind if I share something with you? This is something that God spoke to me." And you, you just share that word and you watch their draw drop and they go, "How did you know that?" And then you just talk about how God loves them and it's amazing. It really is amazing what God can do. Come on, let's exercise our faith and believe that God can speak to us. Amen? Amen, Amen, Pastor.
0: Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, Interesting enough, I know Pastor Melissa especially, we've been trying to encourage the prayer team as they come on Sunday mornings to come with Scripture, come with a word. And so it echoes what we've been trying to stir up. And so with this, what we also want to do is tomorrow, especially those that are here if somebody in this room comes up to you with a scripture verse and shares it to encourage you, do them a favor and encourage them back. Let them know where it lines up. And like it said, if it doesn't line up right away, receive it, pray into it to see what happens as things come into your life later. And, and build one another up, encourage each other. Because, like he said, if we get it wrong, we're just growing. We're just growing. And so be faithful, come now, like even now, begin to ask the Holy Spirit for a word tomorrow for somebody, a scripture verse that you can just share and build them up, and watch how they just glow, because God has spoken to them, amen? Amen. So tonight we have dinner for you at 5 o'clock, spaghetti dinner in the gym as a fundraiser for our Dominican trip, and then service will start at 6.30, and so hopefully you'll be back out. Who's going to come out tonight? Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the words that you have spoken. We thank you for how you've taught us. We thank you for the wisdom and the years of knowledge that we have kind of uh, skipped through because of gary's experience that we can implement into our lives and so that we can even catapult up quickly lord and so fill us strengthen us lord i pray that everyone in this room has a word tomorrow for somebody else it could be a simple word father just as as he shared god loves you and so lord i just speak over everyone in the room just this uh new boldness this new encouragement that they can all prophesy and so, Lord, speak through them tomorrow. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you this evening. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well.